As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like me, Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the USC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus. You don't have youngins, David. We've talked okay. about this. All right. Yeah, but but they're calling Jared. So what do you say? We're gonna make this <laughs> a nice a nice ten minutes. Daddy, daddy gotta do his podcast, and then right. we're gonna we're gonna do Christmas and the holidays, and it's gonna be really nice. Right, right. And everybody else can get on to their holidays. I'm a little I'm a little bit more worried about your mental health now, seeing as you don't have children. Uh who are you calling the youngins? These are incidental details. And <laughs> Nowhere near the central point that we're going to get this podcast done in a in a real trim five, and and everybody's everybody's home to see the family. That's all I'm saying, Jared. Oh man! All right. Well, on that note, uh, hello again, Broncos country, and welcome to another edition of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. I, I have to say it. I said it on the Tuesday show. I'm going to have to say it again. We are officially mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, uh, so I can't I can't hang my hat on that anymore. Uh, however, we do have two very important, I think very important, interdivisional games coming up, uh, and the first one against the Los Angeles Chargers, and the second one uh, the following week against the Las Vegas Raiders. But this week, we are talking about the Los Angeles Chargers, where the first time we played them, we beat them. And it wasn't pretty, but we got the job done towards the end. It looks like uh, the game was getting out of hand quick, but we came back and won it. But that's what me and David are here to talk about. We're here to talk a little bit about what to expect on this upcoming game. Uh, David, do you have any input before we go into our intro? Um, not much. Um, that's helpful. You know, the one thing that we said, you know, while we were warming up, um, you know, having a bad team right now kind of sucks. Having to go into another offseason saying, hey, we might be good next year sucks. But, you know, at the same time, there are legitimate reasons to have hope. Um, and so, you know, going into these last two division games, especially, uh, you know, something to play for still. You know, we finished seven and nine last year. That's still in play, you know, this year. It's, it's you know, less growth than you wanted to see, at least from that wins and losses stats, which is obviously the most important stat in football. But yeah, there's things to work on for next year. There's things to look forward to. Absolutely. And, th- and that being said, I'm going to do our little plug here. Make sure you guys are following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, make sure you guys are telling your friends about us and make sure that we're uh, we're in your subscribe options there for your your podcast. As, as we go through the offseason, obviously, we won't be here every week. However, we will be putting out special editions on uh, for free agency, for the draft uh, and, and from for some other important news as it comes out in Broncos country. We'll be making sure that we give you guys the coverage. So make sure you guys are hitting that subscribe button. Uh, also, but, stay tuned for more Orange Weekly trivia, which yes. was a, a big success last year. We'll we'll definitely be doing some more of those in the off season. Absolutely, bringing some joy into the off season, and where uh, you know, without football, sometimes people uh, lose that joy. So, for now, sit back, relax, have a little drink, and uh, enjoy an episode of the pregame podcast. Yeah. 
Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news. All right, here we are, David. Uh, first of all, uh, happy holidays to you. Same to you, Jared. Uh, I, yeah. I, I had a nice Hanukkah, uh, Christmas coming up as we record. Uh, by the time people listen to this, it may already have passed. So I hope you all had a Merry Christmas. Uh, yes, absolutely. If you haven't listened to this by New Year's, you are too late because there will be a new <laughs> pregame podcast out by then. Absolutely. Um, yes. So I will wish you Happy New Year next week. Correct. Yes, that's uh, that's the plan. But yeah, I hope everyone's having good, uh, safe holidays with their family um, and or digitally with their family to be able to talk to them uh, during these tough times. Obviously this year has been very difficult. And as we were talking about next year, depending on how it goes, hopefully it's a little bit more of a normal, I guess, if we ever get back to that season, uh, then, uh, then it was this year. Cause this was just, just weird. But now you know, we're here to talk about, we're here to talk about the Los Angeles chargers and what the Denver Broncos are going to do. So, okay. Let, let's, let's just recap real quick. I'm just going to give you a quick recap. If you remember, Last time we played the Chargers, Justin Herbert was lighting us up at the very beginning of the game. Philip Lindsay broke off a big run that kind of brought us back into the game. And all of a sudden, our offense was firing on all cylinders. That was one of those games that Drew Locke came in that fourth quarter. And for some reason, we came back and won that game 31 to 30. Uh, do we have it in? Do we? Can we still do that? Do we have it in the chamber to be able to do that again? Sure. I mean, are you just, I mean, the are you just saying that? Or? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I really think so. Because um, okay. I, I think that, uh, you know, having played them once already and having Vic Fangio, you know, running your defense, it's tough now because who's playing defensive back for the Broncos these days? I don't even know. Right. Um, but whoever it is, you know, I know Michael Ojemudia played the last time we played the Chargers, but we also had Bryce Callahan. He's out of the equation now. Um, Devontae Bosby's going to be in there. It's just. Will Parks will probably play in the slot and then Right. Right. Which, you know, against Keenan Allen, which oof, right. that'll that you know, that's gonna be a tough matchup. Um so you know the Chargers present the same old Chargers issues, um, but at the same time, it's the same old Chargers a lot of the time. You know, this they finally managed to win a really close game instead of lose one in spectacular fashion against the Raiders. Um they they pulled that one out at the end, but it's still, you know, these these late game miscues. Um, with this coaching staff still in place, it, it just you can never count on the Chargers not to charge her at the end of a game. Uh, it's foolish to expect that they all automatically will, but you know, just for that reason alone, I don't want to count out the Broncos in this one. Right. And another thing I kind of want to mention too is uh, this is the first game, I guess, with the return of Chris Harris. Uh, coming back from his injury that we'll be able to play against him because he didn't play against us earlier this this year. Uh, he was injured, and we had Casey Hayward on one side, and uh, Michael Davis was on the other side against us, and, and that helped. I think the fact that they didn't have their starting corners helped us out a little bit towards the end especially. Um, so that's going to be a little bit more difficult. Uh, Kenneth Murray has been playing pretty well, and we lit him up. Uh, Noah Fant was a big reason we ran. So before we get into this game, let's just recap some some general numbers. Uh, and let's see if you remember the last time we played the Chargers. Uh, who was the uh, the leading receiver against the Chargers last time we played them? Oh boy, was it was it? Mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell you this: this is the last time that he had a decent game. Hamilton. It was Deshaun Hamilton. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, right, right, yep. right. 
So Deshaun Hamilton had a pretty big game. Uh, obviously, Philip Lindsay had a very, very good game. Uh, that was one of his breakout games. And that was one of those games that, you know, all of us in, in media and, and on podcasts, we're talking about when you give Lindsay the ball, we win games. When, well, he is, when he is a lead rusher, we win games. I'll tell you, he has not been making the most of his opportunity in the in the most recent games. I th- And, you know, they really, I think, have been doing – a decent job of trying to get him the ball and in the he's just he's not making it happen this late season i you know there's there's a, a million reasons it could be not happening for him um it may not you know some of them may be his fault probably others or have nothing to do with him at all um it's just the way it's going this season there's really not a lot that's working on this offense consistently at any position um we're just a really young offense trying to work it out and, you know, Lindsay is one of the veterans of this group, I know, comparatively, but he's still a guy on his first contract, uh, like most of this offense is right now. And, you know, just having the seasoning together against players like Joey Bosa, who may be hurt, um, who may be out, he's, I think, still in the concussion protocol, but against Melvin Ingram, against Chris Harris, against Casey Hayward. You know these pl- these players that are really really good. Testing yourself and playing against these teams gives them so much valuable experience heading into next year in this off season. Um, as far as the storylines go, I think that's that's at least something you could look toward. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, probably through the next two weeks, and we we've talked about this in depth on this show. Once we kind of were knowing we weren't going anywhere with this season, is is all the injuries and stuff, especially on the defensive side, and and just the young talent that we have on the offensive side but you're right we're all we're here for is just to get better we're yeah. here to get the experience get the experience against the number one guys you know is michael Ojemidia and will parks going to get lit up by keenan allen probably you know am i going to put money on it maybe <laughs> uh but but Check out you know, this week to find out right yeah but uh yeah man, uh ow ragers uh, on twitter uh is that going to happen? Probably, but it's good experience for these guys, for these young guys on on defense, and some of these guys that are like third string guys to prove that they deserve a spot as backups on this team. Um, the, the another good thing we have Shelby Harris back, Nick Chubb or uh, Bradley Chubb, uh, mm-hmm. and then we have uh, our rushers. So let's let's start here. What does the defense need to do? Let's start on the defensive side. What does the defensive need to do to slow down the Chargers offense, which I believe right now is ranked, like I think their passing offense is ranked number seven in the league or something like that. Uh, You know, do what you can. Limit the long ball, make them take long tries, and then when you get to the red zone, uh, shut them out. Make them kick field goals. Um, You know, the Broncos' red zone defense obviously has suffered since the lack of cornerback availability has been a problem the last few weeks. But it's still a really good red zone defense, and if you can keep the Chargers out of the end zone as much as possible, that gives your team a chance to go score points uh, against the Chargers defense, and we'll get to them in a little bit. But it's you know it can be scored upon. Yep, absolutely, and I, I think another piece is going to be getting pressure to Justin Herbert. His offensive line is where they're struggling. Uh, they're five and nine for a reason. They they might have a very good offense and a quick score offense, but they're five and nine for a reason, just like we are. They're, they're not they're not scoring the points they need to. Their defense is not keeping them off the field for a very long time. Uh, yeah. They're, they they don't have a single, 
they don't have a single player graded above 61.9 at uh, PFF on their offensive line. Right. And Bradley Chubb and, and Shelby Harris have been having pretty good seasons so far this year. And I think this is another kind of big breakout game for Bradley Chubb, especially right after being named to the Pro Bowl. I think this is a good time to showcase that he's still that Pro Bowl guy and come out and get a couple sacks, uh, get a couple of hits on, on Justin Herbert. Right. Now, I'll tell you one thing that concerns me, Jared. Um, the Chargers are going to have a player that they did not have the last time we played them, Austin Eckler. Uh, Correct. Our, yeah, our defense was a little bit stouter in, in the run at that point, but they did not have a really effective running game at that point. And Eckler has come back and played really well. Um, yes. So I would be I would be really concerned about that matchup versus a run defense that now is just, I mean, out of gas, honestly. I mean, I, I I would I would probably say that our run defense hasn't changed too much in the last Ooh. four or five weeks. Um, we, we were, you know, injuries starting off the week off off the year just terrible on the defensive line side. But for the most part, our run defense has held it pretty close together. Uh, it's our passing defense. It's just really, if if they're going to win, they're going to win with over the air. And I think I I'm going to stick with that. I think that's what they're going to have to do. Well, and it's, you know, it is the number ninth rated pass defense, according to PFF and DV in, and DVOA in the league. But again, I think that's probably heavily weighted by the beginning of the season when we had our yes. cornerbacks. Uh, yeah, I, take away the last game, maybe last two games. And I, I think that's, that's I, a different it's going to be a problem. Yeah. I, I, so we're just going to have to see. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see what Vic Fangio can do with the parts he has left. Yeah. So, so let's do our normal. What's a matchup on uh, our defensive side that you want to see uh, this game or that you're p- paying close attention to? That's a really, really good question on this one. Um, I want to see how AJ Johnson does in the passing game. Um, okay. Austin Eckler's back. Uh, you know, that's, that's always been a, a kind of a thing of the Chargers offense passes to the running backs and Eckler was kept over Melvin Gordon because of his extra dynamic play in that arena. Um, they gave him a little bit of a lesser contract than a top running back would get, but he's, you know, a re, you know, a re, as far as a gadget player in the NFL goes, and that really undersells what Austin Eckler does. He's really a lot better than that. But if he were just a gadget player and that was all he did, he would still be one of the top gadget players in the league. Um, and so, you know, having him out of the backfield available for Justin Herbert's going to be a big deal. It's going to be up to Alexander Johnson and, you know, Josie Jewell too, but those guys to really, you know, keep that locked down. Well, and then let's remember, this is one of those teams, one of the, I mean, I, I do still honestly think that the AFC West has the best tight ends in the league and Hunter Henry is no different. Uh, he's one of the, I'd say he's probably the, the fourth best in the AFC West, but that's just me. Uh, but he is still a, a dynamic tight end. You're talking about, you know, linebackers covering tight ends, which we have been struggling for, for the past, it feels like 30 years. Um, that, that, and that's where we're at with that. I, I think I kind of I kind of alluded to this earlier when I was talking to, but I think my matchup right now is is going to be Bradley Chubb. He just got named to the Pro Bowl, right? He got that big emotional speech about how excited he is about making the Pro Bowl. I, I think he comes out and he gets stoked. I think he comes out here and plays very well. He gets a couple rushes, gets a couple pressures onto Justin Herbert um, in order for Shelby Harris to probably knock a couple down. Uh, I I'm going to call a defensive turnover in this game. Mm. We haven't seen in a while. Uh, from our defense, I see a big defensive turnover at some point in this game. I think it's probably going to be an errant throw by Justin Herbert because either Malik uh, Reed or Bradley Chubb are going to be in his face. Yeah, oh, I, I like that. I think that's uh, a really good matchup. I think Brad, uh, Bradley Chubb is going to be motivated this game, and I think he's probably going to have a really good game. 
Yeah, and he's playing up against Sam Tevy, who's a he's having an okay year. It doesn't seem like he's really stepping up in that tackle role. Um, I believe their left tackle got injured. I don't think he's the starter, if I if I'm not mistaken. I don't I, think he's their main guy. I think that you can take it for granted if it's the Chargers that that somebody's hurt. That right. if especially on the offensive line, somebody's back up there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'd honestly expect a big game from our interior uh, defensive line, too. I think Shelby Harris is going to have a big game. Deshaun Williams is probably going to get in there. Uh, their center, Dan Feeney, has not played well this year at all. Uh, and I think there's a lot of issues there uh, with the pressure coming up the middle for Justin Herbert. But again, it all depends on how Eckler's playing. Like you said, if he's running the ball well, it's going to be very hard to get that uh, that pressure from the defensive line uh, to, to be able to get in there. He, 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 <laughs> so Sorry. I what what was that? Uh Boy Meets World, Feeny. Never mind. Oh, we're, okay. we're moving on. We're moving yeah, on. That was, we're it's, a millennial, gonna... it's a millennials reference. Everybody yeah, no, I no, I, I got the I got the reference after you had to explain it to me, but um yeah, that was terrible. Well, then, okay, did so... you get the reference? I mean, if I had to explain it to you, let's move on. Okay, let's move on. Okay, so let's let's flip the ball. Let's flip the ball. Our young, we have a young offense, and uh they have a Bad defense uh, is probably the easiest way to put this. And and I'm just going to go on a little bit of a rant, if you, if you let me for a second. Well, by all means. And I've, I've said this every single week. I think we are the most inconsistent good team out there. We, I, how, how do you go from having, you know, obviously the Carolina defense, the Buffalo defense are too complete. The New England defense and the Chargers defense are too complete. Different things. But how do you go from having such a good game to having such a sloppy one? Like where nothing's firing on all cylinders, and it looks like they're just not on the same page. Uh, one game, they look like everything has been played out, like they've been rehearsing it for years, and it just it, everything was working. And the next, it looked like they nobody was on the same page. The play calls were coming in, and it didn't look like anybody knew where they were supposed to be going. It just I don't understand the consistency of this offense, and I feel like that's one of the biggest issues. And you, I, I don't know where to point the finger. I don't know where to point the blame. And David, maybe you can help me out, but. I don't think it's coaching. I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's players just not giving a f- shit. Uh, I, I just I don't know what where where to point the finger. But one game we'll we'll have an amazing game against a pretty good defense, and the next game we play an average defense, score can't do anything. I just I just do not understand. Well, it's just the I. It's really just the youth of this team. I think, and we keep going back to it. I know, and it sounds trite, yeah. and it sounds like a dumb excuse, but. The frustrating thing is, even though you have setbacks like the Bills game here, Drew Locke has been playing better. He's been doing things better. Um, His all-around game is lifting in kind of fits and starts right now, but he is trending upward. Uh, Even with the Bills game, where he had a couple of plays that should have been turnovers and they weren't. Um, And he did have the fumble, the sack fumble that got turned into a touchdown. Um, He's still improving. And, you know, with a couple of bad defenses coming up, especially the Raiders defense, you know, you beat the Chargers the first time, you know, go out there and do it again. But with the Raiders coming up after that, they put it to you and you couldn't do anything against that defense, which is super like really bad. So you've got to improve there, Uh, you know, play better against those two go into the offseason with the momentum of that. And, you know, we, we heard from Drew Locke today, make it and he made his case about why he believes he's the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos going forward. Um, You know, his confidence is not shaken. 
clearly. Um, And you see that when he tries to throw these deep balls too. And, you know, to his credit, he's really restrained that. That's one thing I've been noticing against the Bills too. Even when they were down big, he wasn't just dialing up shots. Big throws, yeah. Yeah, no, he was, you know, a couple of interceptions. The one I remember, it was just an out route, and he was just really late on it. And, you know, but – you know, it's just it's going to come together for him. I really feel like it's 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 already coming together for him a little bit, and I think we're going to see a lot better performances these final two weeks. Um, but that's on him now. You know, yeah. go out there and and just show it now. Yeah, I, th- I think my biggest embarrassment from that last game wasn't the mm-hmm. fact that we got shut out by so much, but it was just that when our offense did get back on the field after the fumble, it just felt like nobody had a give a shit factor. You know. Like yeah. nobody had that gas factor to be able to go out there and make a player to try to even try to get back in the game or try to do something. Everybody kind of just gave up. And I think that was some, one of those things that like, I haven't seen that since Vance Joseph. I, and, and I think that was the first time that I really watched a game where I was like, this team literally just, they they're just going through the motions now until the end of the game. So they go home. And that was frustrating for me. Right. And I, and I think that's, and that's something that, you know, with the young leadership or lack of their maybe leadership on the offense, nobody really stepped up and was like, Hey, we still have a game to play. Like yeah. we could still put points up. Let's everybody run hard, do your thing. Um, and Buffalo was just rolling with the fact that they're the first time in, you know, 150 years that they've uh, won the, the, was it the AFC East, right? Yeah, it's the first right. time they won the yeah. AFC East in forever. So, mm-hmm. obviously, good storyline for them. Uh, just it just didn't look good for us. It was just a, a bad showing, I think. So yeah. let let's talk about this game. So we have, uh, if you want to hear more about the uh, the Buffalo game, go ahead and rewind. Go back to the uh, Orange Weekly post game podcast where Kevin and Tanner tried not to talk your ear off about how terrible the game is. More talk a little bit more about uh, what's coming up in the off season. Um, but I digress. Our offense, our young offense, Drew Locke has a lot to play for. It, you know, a lot of people in the media talking about we need to get a quarterback. And we, we did a Twitter uh, a Twitter poll a couple days ago asking what everybody thought. It was about 50-50. I think it was 57-43 um, to keep Locke, but 43%. There's a lot of people that think that we need to, to get rid of Locke. And I know you've made your case, but what is it that he needs to do in this game against this defense to be able to prove what he said in the media presser that he is our guy? Well, not throw an interception and not throw balls that you're like, man, that ball should have been intercepted. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Like take care of the football and I want to see a Carolina type game. You know, I don't need gaudy stats with four touchdowns and, and 350 yards passing or anything like that. But I do want to see you take what the defense gives you, set up the game as it goes along, find the deep shots later in the game when you've opened up the defense a little bit on their back end uh, because you've been using this underneath stuff all day. Play smart football, utilize the run game in, in the right situations, and you know play like you can. Just be loose and show what you can do. I know it's the end of the season. I am sure he's hurt. Even in that Carolina game, you know, when I saw him get hit a couple of times and then get back up and flex that throwing shoulder a little bit, like, you know, he's not all the way right. Obviously, nobody is. It's the end of the season. Everybody's right. hurt. Um, but just go out there and play well against these bad defenses. Don't, you know, we don't expect the, the world of you, but don't turn the ball over and l- take the game as it comes to you. That's really what I want to see from him. Um, yeah. And, you know, when I watch these film breakdowns on Twitter, and there's a couple out there uh, that are really, really good, and we may, we may find a way to get some of these guys onto the, 
onto the program during the offseason for you guys. So that's another reason to stick with us. Um, but, you know, I just want to hear from these these experts who are really good at breaking down this film. Yeah, this result didn't look as good, but look at his process here. Look at the NFL quarterback things he's doing on this play. Here, he looks off the safety with his eyes. Here, he gets to his backside progression because he recognizes the defense is in cover three. You know, that kind of stuff. Right. I, it, it's it's little things, and it's kind of sounds like small details and minutiae, but there's you know such a difference that can be made with those small, small things when you've got a quarterback with as much arm talent as Drew Locke. Yeah. And, and, and I think what a lot of those people are proving, and I've, I've watched some of that all 22 and I, I've been checking out some of these, uh, these looks. And, and, and like I said, it goes back to the consistency piece. A lot of times you're right. He's, he's playing very well. He's looking off safeties. He's recognizing coverages. He's getting the open guy. He knows where he's at, but then, you know, two plays later, he recognizes the, the coverage and still tries to throw to the double covered guy. It, it just a bad read. Yeah. Um, I think and all that's going to come down is a giving him time to stay with the offensive coordinator to be able to, to discuss that and figure it out in the film and B just having that time, that consistency and that, the, um, that the, the drive to continue to keep learning, which I think he has. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I'll jump off the drew lock chain. Let, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and pick our offensive guy. Who, who are you keeping on other than drew lock? Who are you keeping an eye on this week? Who do you think is going to have a big week for the Broncos? No fan. Um, there it is. Was, yeah, absolutely. Top. Did I, I took it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a, yeah, every time everyone, every, yeah. I, I will tell you this. If you don't take it, I will probably take no offense every time. If you've ever, it, and again, another plug for Ragers, go listen to the Ragers podcast. Cause I'm telling you every single time we take the over on no fan. I don't care. I think last week it was at like 50 something yards and he had literally, he was the only person we threw to. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> true. yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you that touchdown route that, uh, you know, that kind of corner route in the end zone that he ran on that touchdown was beautiful. And Drew Locke fitted in a place that only his guy could get it in a really tight window throw. And it was like just a little more of that, guys. Um, But, yeah, Noah Fant against these. You know, Kenneth Murray has been playing kind of well, but he's not – you know, he's also having kind of a rough welcome to the NFL. Uh, He's having a rough time against the pass. Yeah, absolutely. Because when he came into the NFL, I remember remember doing the pre-draft show, and I don't mean to cut you off, David. I remember doing the pre-draft show. I was super high on Kenneth Murray. I thought the Denver Broncos needed to get Kenneth Murray because he was going to be our answer to covering tight ends. And now here I am, you know, eating my words towards the end of the season because he's not doing very well against tight ends in the AFC West. No, he's not. Um, And Noah Fant could have a really good game against him and the safeties here. Um, he, he was, as you pointed out, the only person we threw to at all against Buffalo. Uh, I do expect other guys will be open against the Chargers, but, uh, you know, I'm really looking, looking for Noah Fant first and foremost to produce. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. I, I, I think uh, I'm going to kind of go on the other side of, you know, that kind of slot receiver stuff. I'm, I think KJ Hamler is going to have a big game this week. Um, you know, last time we played them, we had to, to focus on Deshaun Hamilton. Uh, KJ Hamler was still kind of coming off of a lip, not an injury, but we weren't using him. Uh, well, he, was, well. he had a, he had a hamstring, so it was, you know, yeah. not right. He played, he played, he had one, he had one reception. Um, I had a couple of receptions in that game. Uh, not for very much. It was really short. I think we tried to end around with him a couple times too. And, um, but I, I think KJ Hamler is he, we, we've proven that we can use him in the, in the long game uh, downfield, yeah. which is, you know, last four or five games he's been using downfield. And I think that's going to be our, our key. 
at using our slots, uh, depending on where they line up uh, Chris Harris, because I, I still am a big Chris Harris fan. I know a lot of people are doubters. A lot of people don't like him. They think he's old and washed up and he's out there. But he's him being back in that defense really helps out that defense. So depending on where he lines up, if he's lined up in the slot, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. But I think K, uh, KJ Hamler can line up against literally anybody else and still be able to, to play very, very well uh, against this defense. And then I'm going to also say, Last time that we played, we were just talking about this earlier with uh, Philip Lindsay. Um, I, I'm not saying that he needs to have a big game, but between between him and Melvin Gordon, if Melvin Gordon has a bigger game than Lindsay, there's a whole new offseason questions. There's a whole new you know, what's going to happen with Philip Lindsay. And we've talked about it a little bit on the on the uh, Tuesday night show um, that you didn't come to, David. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, the burdens of being a retail employee during the holiday season, folks, do yes. not, 10 out of 10 do not recommend. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so something we talked about there is that what, what's the plan? There was a lot of questions about what are we going to do with uh, Philip Lindsay in his contract year? And yeah, he's had decent games and sometimes he's had games where, you know, they're, they're still giving them the split. Uh, Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay have still been getting 50 50. It just, Melvin Gordon has been getting bigger, bigger hits off of it. He's been breaking tackles. He's been getting young, longer yards than Philip Lindsay has. So I, this is going to be another game. I'm definitely going to watch that mostly for the drama surrounding it and finding out what we're going to be talking about throughout the week. But, you know, if Melvin Gordon has another, you know, 80 yard game and Philip Lindsay only has like another 20, we might be having a conversation about what we're going to do with Philip Lindsay in the off season. Right. And, you know, we'll, we'll see where that goes. When you all, when you were talking about that, all I could think about was Tim Patrick in a kind of a similar situation. Um, you know, you're, you've got Cortland Sutton returning next year. You've got Jerry Judy clearly ready to be your number two wide receiver, if not number one. Uh, and then you've got KJ Hamler, who's ready to be your number three clearly already. Um, you've got Noah Fant. You know, at a certain point, if you're Tim Patrick and you say – I've gotten some really positive attention this year for what I've been able to do. I could probably get a starting job somewhere instead of being the number four wide receiver on this depth chart. He's a number one receiver. And and I'd say probably about 10 to 12 other teams. Yeah, exactly. Number one receiver. And he could get that number one receiver money. And and at this point, you know, I've, I've been high on Tim Patrick. If you guys have been following us, I've, for the last two years, I didn't think we should pick up Jerry Judy because I thought Tim Patrick would be a good number two uh, before the draft and everybody laughed at me. But I, I do think that he's if he's going to leave, he's going to leave because he could get a lot more money. I don't think we could pay him. I just yeah, don't think no. we could pay him number one, number two receiver money to have him sitting on the bench. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you you shouldn't. And, you know, yeah, there's there's a ton of teams that would be super interested. But that's, you know, it's going to be kind of a tough offseason from that standpoint, just in that there are going to be guys that you want to stay that may just end up not staying. And, you know, it's not going to detract a ton from this young core, but you will certainly miss them. And we'll we'll talk about that at the end of the season after these two games as we're watching. Like you said, Tim Patrick doesn't have a good couple of games. Maybe that brings down his stock a little bit. We don't know um, if he has some huge games, and he's probably just going to be gone. Uh, you know, we'll we all thought at the end of the season. We all thought Shelby Harris was going to have a huge market at the end of last season, and that just right. didn't materialize. So we, stuff happens. It's weird like that, right? And then the Lindsay thing. If you watch the Tuesday show, if not, then we'll again break it down at the end. His size might actually be a deterrent, as well as he's been playing against us. His size might be a deterrent to get big money somewhere else. So we might be able to get him for a little bit cheaper as a hometown discount. But we'll talk about that at the end. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about score prediction. What do you What are you thinking is going to happen? Do you have any? 
insight on maybe how you think this game's going to play out? Do we win? Do we lose? Is it high scoring? Is it low scoring? What do you think? I, you know, I really do see foresee a game kind of along the lines of last game, uh, high scoring game, maybe a really exciting fourth quarter with, you know, scores by both teams. Um, you know, the Broncos defense, I just is not the same defense that it was the last time that we played against them, which is what really concerns me. Um, but I still think the offense can keep it relatively close. And, you know, if the defense gets a couple of stops at the end, I definitely could see the, you know, easily the Broncos coming out with a win here. Um, hell, it's the end of the season. It's the holidays. The Broncos win. That's what I say. Broncos <laughs> win 35, 31, uh, and and bring home a nice Christmas present for for Denver from Los Angeles. <laughs> oh man, I uh, I I agree. I think the Broncos are going to win this, and and I, honestly, I I hope the Broncos win this because as much as we don't have anything to play for, we also have the we don't want to be last in the AFC West to play for. Uh, and that's what this game is. Um, we win this game, we there's no way we could be last in the AFC West. They are officially last in the AFC West. So, um, you know, if I'm uh. I don't know if Anthony Lynn's calling off. I think he's more of a defensive guy, but uh, Shane Steichen is their uh, uh, offensive offensive coordinator. If I'm if I'm him, I'm looking at the Buffalo Bills. Steichen is that how you pronounce it? Well, it, I mean it is, but Anthony Lynn is definitely an offensive guy. I don't know if he calls the plays or not, but he was okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, if, I, if I'm then, yeah, if I'm them, I'm looking at that Buffalo game because you have very similar quarterback in in Justin Herbert to Josh Allen, and you have a very similar wide receiver in Keenan Allen to Stephon Diggs. Uh, maybe not as fast, but definitely as 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 versatile, and you know, definitely a number one guy. I'm I'm dialing up that playbook. Uh, I mean, it just looked like we couldn't do anything to stop them. I, I think they punted maybe once that entire game. Well, and every time they had the ball, and Buffalo has an average offensive line, which that's a, a matchup that works in our favor this week. If you can get to them faster the this week than you did last week against Buffalo, you maybe have a little bit of a better chance there. Yeah, so that's I think that's what they're going to try to do. They're going to the dink and ducks, the short stuff. We're probably going to play the same defense where we kind of you know sit back, you know, eight to ten yards off the ball, keep everything in front of us, that bend don't break mentality. And we're probably going to be playing that most of the game because of the injuries that we have in the backfield. But um, I, I agree. I think I think they're going to start off hot, and I, I can't get that last game out of my head. That whole concept of they're going to start off hot, and then we're going to figure out what we can do to stop them and be able to come back and uh, if we can prove that Drew Locke and our offense can do another comeback against another divisional rival uh, again, then that's, that's one thing. I think that's something that we could really do. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I think, I think it's high scoring. I don't think it's as high scoring. I think it's 31 30. I'm going to say it's going to be uh 28 to 24 uh, final score uh, for the Broncos. Broncos. Okay. Win. okay. All right. Well, I think that's just about everything. Jared, do you have any final thoughts as we, as we wrap up for the evening? I, you know, I, I went off on a couple tangents here. Obviously, it's the end of the season. Uh, just like you said at the beginning, it sucks to root for a bad team. Um, it sucks to have, be a fan of a bad team, but we're here thick and thin. And I think I've said this a couple times. No matter how bad we get, how embarrassed we get, uh, we're still Broncos fans. We still bleed orange and blue each and every week through the offseason, through every little teardrop where we're just <laughs> continue to uh support our Denver Broncos and uh support our fans. Thank you guys so much for listening. David, Absolutely. what about you? Every little teardrop guys will be here. Every um, little teardrop. Sounds like a, a sad song from the 80s. Or like the early 90s. Yeah. <laughs> early 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. 
Ah, uh, you said it best, Jared. I don't think I could, I could add a single thing. I hope everybody's having a safe, happy holiday. Um, and uh, I'm just going to sign off with the same two words we always sign off with, Jared. Do it. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Orange Weekly. Fans, Brews, and Broncos News.